you're listening to The Tech Box. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of The Tech Box. My name is James Honeyball and I'm joined by Dave Rich. Hi Dave. Hello James. Two on the bounce, hey? I am I doing good. This is uh, a regular pairing that we've got going here. How's it going? Ah, it's going okay. Did you have a good Christmas? I did, yeah. It was, uh, I tell you what, I think um, it doesn't take long before you're sort of quite a sozzled fat mess, does it? I mean, it's literally <laughs> three days. I think literally I had, I think I had probably about four glasses of wine over the course of Christmas. I don't know why, but I think the, the wife was ill. Okay. So that didn't really prompt much. And I don't know, it just, I don't know. I, I would like to drink more, but I didn't. So um, I wasn't that sozzled. Okay. Were you still a fat mess or did you manage to uh, sort of eat healthily over the period as well? So I had my Christmas dinner and I took a Christmas day off from running and the gym and I I was back at it boxing day, but I took a whole day off. So um, Only one day off. Yeah. So basically your Christmas was like a, a rocky training montage and mine was like sort of the royal family. Potentially. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. That's good. So, uh, are you ready to uh, get into 2020? I am. I am. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm excited tech-wise. To, well, I'm hopeful tech-wise that something comes along. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Okay. So, we mentioned uh, last time about the um, Mac Pro. So, this is this new uh, top-end Mac that's been launched Uh I don't know whether you want to give us your thoughts on this, Dave, because it's quite an interesting machine. I think we're normally used to a lot of Apple Kit launching, and whilst it being aspirational, it's some you know it's mostly within our reach. Even if even if it does hurt our wallets a little bit, but um, what's your thoughts on this new Mac Pro? So I think it's I mentioned it because me and you we both like our computers, our technology, our Macs. We, we you know we like phones, but we do also appreciate processors and ram and all that good stuff um i think it, so to me it's purely aspirational it's like the ferraris isn't it it's like the mclarens aston martins you you need that top end product to say hey this is what we can do um the likes of me i'm never going to be able to afford one but i like the fact it's there it's nice to see what they can do whereas previously you'd have an iMac which was there or thereabouts and it was just all consumer stuff. So if we actually, if we take like a little look uh, at the UK pricing. Oh, yes. Have you spec'd one out fully, have you? I, well, I know that if you spec it out, it kind of goes to 50k, doesn't it? Because, I think um, it's about 52, 53,000, yeah. That's a lot of... That's because you're putting in a terabyte and a half of RAM, basically. Yeah, well, it's a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money for the the person that it's aimed at, is it, really? I've seen some really good YouTube videos. And, and again, a lot of these YouTubers, they get them and they're there to, to use use them for their streams and all that sort of stuff. But I saw one guy, I think it was Jonathan Morrison, he took it to an actual music production studio. I think I shared the video, but I don't think a lot of people... Actually, I think, yeah, I think I watched that off the yeah. back of your recommendation, yeah. Yeah, and, and to me, that is exactly what that machine is designed for. It's £50,000, but it's going to make millions, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and actually watching artists use it, not because it was some 
shiny Apple product that some YouTuber was going, oh, it's beautiful, it's this or that. It, they were using it just as a tool in the corner, like, you, you know, you'd, you'd use your washing machine. It, okay, it was £50,000, but it was just infinitely enabling them to do what they did daily much quicker yeah. saving so I, I think if you if you're if you're in the professional arena of content creation like you're working in like a cad workshop or you're working in a video editing suite or as you say a kind of audio editing studio then investing this kind of money is going to make sense but you get much you get you know outside of that very those niche realms and you're starting to lose you know value for money really badly aren't you you you, you know the the core spec is five thousand and let's have a look uh yeah five thousand four nine nine if it was me buying it i would the only thing that I would upgrade is the hard drive. So it comes with 256 because it's obviously expecting to you to use some sort of uh, connected RAID array or or go into some NAS or whatever. So it's not really expecting you to have a massive uh, SSD. But if I went to a, a one terabyte SSD, that would get it to just a smidge under 6,000. So 5,859. You know, that gives you a terabyte, eight core, 32 gig of RAM, you know, not crazy specs by any stretch, really. I mean, it's quite they're quite achievable through, you know, other means. Mm. But to get that as a Mac would cost you, yeah, five thousand eight hundred and fifty-nine. It's people. So I think the you mentioned a sort of a narrow audience. I do think the audience is a lot broader than what we imagine because if we think of visual effects studio, gaming studios, things. Yeah, do you know I mean they're people that use these tools as their job. And I think a lot of the complaints have come, and I say complaints, is people aren't realising what this is. It used to be that you used to be able to get a Mac Pro, but you used to get a really stripped down version. So you could probably let's say this is five and a half thousand pounds for the base unit. The base unit you could usually used to be able to get maybe at two thousand pounds, two and a half thousand. Yeah. So you could get that ex- potential expandability that and not Mac owners don't really get in any of the other products, because if you look Mac Mini, iMac, MacBook Pro, we can't do anything about that. But you could buy the base one, and then as you got a bit more money down the road, maybe do the RAM in six months' time, add another hard drive in in another six months' time, you could sort of pace your upgrades. Yeah, yeah. Apple is, Apple is saying, actually, you know, the machines that we provide, and I don't know whether this is a sign of technology, that technology is good enough that if you need something like this, you're, it's your job, basically. If, do you know what I mean? And if you think yeah. about it, a lot of people make do with a phone, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I do think you need to be um, generating a lot of value out of your PC before um, yeah. you're going to be looking at the, the Mac Pro. So I, I think we're agreed that it's too rich for our blood uh, oh, yeah. by a massive stretch. And I was thinking... You know, yes, we're going to have a quick catch up about the Mac Pro and agree that it's way too much money. But actually, a lot of Macs are still quite a lot of money. I'd I'd like a new Mac. I'm still uh, dealing with a 2012 Mac Mini, mm. which I got reasonable for a reasonable price, but it hadn't depreciated much from its uh, original price, I don't think. So I've got this Mac Mini here, and I've just been thinking over the last couple of years, oh, it would be nice to get the new Mac Mini. 
Or that's expensive. Even that's expensive. It would be nice to get an, a 5K iMac. And even though the 5K iMac base model is not a ripoff because you get such a brilliant monitor thrown in for free, it's still like 1500 quid, even if you get the very cheapest one. And that is just a little bit too expensive for me for to, to invest in a PC. You know, as you were hinting before, I like to invest in my PCs some memory at a time or a graphics card at a time maybe upgrade a motherboard one year and you know the video card the next year you know I don't like spending a big chunk like 1500 pounds all at once it's just too much of a too much money basically I'm looking here at the base model of the iMac so the 20 I mean, let's be honest you only would want a 27 inch iMac yeah yeah absolutely yeah because you can upgrade the RAM on that. On the 21-inch, I might, I might be wrong, but you historically can't upgrade the RAM on that. So you'd want the base one, and that's £1,800, and that's yeah. with 8 gig of RAM. Yeah. When I said 1500 I'm talking that you do, every now and again, get a, a model that's a couple of years out of date or a refurb yeah. that's around that price. So I wasn't even considering getting a brand new one. And, and even if you've got that, even if you've got that, you're going to have to... Uh, bank on not using that uh, terabyte fusion drive to do the booting oh, off. Gosh, You're actually yeah. going to have to plug in using up one of your Thunderbolt ports to actually put in a you know a fast SSD and Velcro that to the back, and it all gets a bit messy. With 16 gig of RAM and a 512 gigabyte SSD. You're looking at 2,200, and that's a lot of computer for what a lot of money. And what do most of us do? Just look at the odd website. Yeah, I think the problem the problem goes back to what the problem historically has been with Macs is that you can get so much more bang for your buck with a PC. Oh yeah. Now you'll be compromising because you'll be using a 4K screen, and it probably won't be as performant as uh, that lovely 5K screen in the iMac. But you know you'll be sort of ninety percent there, and then you'll be able to get your uh, you know, your Core i5, your Core i7 with a nice SSD with a big bunch of RAM for, you know, five, six hundred, seven hundred pounds. So, you know, it's so difficult to justify so much money going into these uh, Macs. Even second hand. So I, I, I've, I've been I've been at that point of the year where I've been thinking I just would like a play with something, a second I, uh, iPhone to play with or you know, a, a, a little MacBook Pro or something like that. And an iPhone 6S is still the best part of nearly £200. That's that's what... When does 6S? 2015? Yeah, it's got to be about there, isn't it? A nearly a four or five-year-old phone. And I've, I've noticed this a lot because I like to look on eBay, Gumtree, all the, the places uh, where people get rid of the second-hand sort of Apple products. In a, you you watch these YouTube videos, don't you, where they say, "Oh, I I spec'd up this MacBook Pro. It's two hundred fifty. Is this two hundred fifty dollar MacBook Pro any good? Two hundred fifty dollars in the UK, you'd be hard pushed. People sell twenty eleven MacBook Pros for like five hundred and fifty pounds. That's nearly a, a eight or nine year old computer. Yeah, that's and nuts. Five hundred fifty pound for an eight or nine year old computer. I've been with my my friend recently. He's been looking at building himself a new computer, and for eight hundred pounds on the PC world, you can build yourself a pretty modern twenty nineteen computer. 
uh, with you know capable of VR playback and all that sort of stuff. And people want five hundred fifty pounds for something in twenty eleven, and where the graphics chipset is going to die anyway because it's yeah. flaw. Yeah, it's very rich at the moment. When we're talking about secondhand prices, we're going to play a game later, oh. which is uh, yeah James's eBay. The price is right, higher, lower game. Yeah. I, well, I'm glad you've got something good out of eBay because, uh, again, I, I've noticed now that eBay used to be able to go get a bargain, but, I, I, you know, it's increasingly quite expensive. There aren't really that many bargains to be had. Yeah, I think, I'm, I think you're right. I think it's more of a seller's market. Yeah, massively. I always switch it to the ending soonest just to see what's going with yeah. maybe two or three minutes to... To spare, I'll type in Apple computer or yeah. Apple display or just... Thinking that that you'll occasionally be able to snipe yeah. some great bargain, yeah. Not anymore, not anymore. It's all buy it now, best offer. And then you give them a best offer of maybe, what, £30 cheaper or something like that, you know, just to maybe sweeten the postage. Because people hike the postage and it just gets turned down, so what's the point? Yeah, yeah. I feel for you, but in the same, in the same way, I have used eBay quite a lot recently as a seller and it i think it's been pretty good especially with the one pound selling fees mm. but going going back to your point about um apple stuff i think the one thing that we're going to do because it's the end of 2019 is we're going to have a little bit of a look back over what happened a decade ago so rather than try and review the entirety of the decade or um think of our necessarily our sort of objects of the decade our tech of the decade i just want to kind of have a little think back to what happened at the turn of the decade, so 2029 into 2010, because it was very mid-2010s uh, before I even started really getting into AppleKit. Mm. So, you know, 10 years ago, uh, I just didn't have the... You know, nowadays, you know, we're complaining about the price of Macs, but I do stump up for the iPhones uh, yeah. pretty much every year now. But... Um, 10 years ago, I didn't even do the iPhone thing. You know, I was, um, we'll get onto exactly what I was on, but it took me until I got a secondhand 5S uh, when that was kind of quite old just to play about with. And then I didn't actually get my first proper iPhone until the 6 Plus, which would have been what, 2014, 2015, I think, 2015. Yeah, yeah. No, um, while and while we grumble now, we have more disposable income than I certainly did ten years ago. Yeah. Um, my I think my foray into the iPhone was twenty ten twenty eleven. Uh, I I was buying the three GS. I think I had two of them. I, I I couldn't really keep them. They they didn't really do anything, and the cost of them, it it wasn't justifiable. So I was I'd, I'd buy one, use it for a week or two, realize actually I've got a lot of money tied up in this. I'll I'll go back to Sony or Nokia um, and get rid of them. And I think it was the 4S in 2012 where I sort of was in a position that I, I'm going to jump now into into the Apple world. I got myself a MacBook, uh, again, a three-year-old MacBook at, at that time. I got a 2009, you know, remember the white polycarbonate ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was an eBay deal I got. And uh, I got the iPhone 4S and, and that was me sort of, uh, staking my claim in the Apple camp. But certainly before then, I was very much a sort of feature phone, Sony Ericsson guy, Nokia guy, Symbian. Okay, so let's take ourselves back to the 31st of December, 2009. Oof, and good year. Just, just about to go <laughs> into 2010. And uh, 
for me in my tech, some things were very different and some things were very much the same. So uh, the things that were very different were the on the phone side. So we it's, we just post N95 at this point. So um, for me, I had actually got an N85. Now, my assumption was, because this was a newer phone, that the N85 was going to be better and bigger well obviously not bigger but better and nicer than the n95 but actually i don't think it was really the camera if anything was worse i kept wondering why i couldn't get any decent photos out of the n85 i actually got a bit of a lemon model as well it kept going wrong i think by the time i sold it i'd have pretty much every component in it swapped out by a nokia service center um <laughs> But I did love the form factor. It's nice and small. We had the little N95 style sort of um, keypad that comes down from the bottom. Um, I did like the uh, form factor and the feel in the hand. It was nice and small, nice and pocketable. And it had all the features that I wanted. You know, I wasn't crying out for any more features than it had in terms of being able to do photos and being able to play MP3s. And, um, you know, it had a lot of utility. Um, but overall, I was never really that satisfied with it. And I also had the E72 going into yes. 2010, yeah, which was kind of like the BlackBerry form factor with Symbian on. And the E72 uh, was significant to me because the camera was half decent. I think it was a little bit better than the uh, N85. It still probably wasn't um, much ahead of the N95, to be honest, but it was certainly usable, surprisingly usable, I thought. Uh, and it had a really nice headphone output. So it had a, a 3.5 inch jack on it. Rare and at the time, rare. It was yeah, all proprietary, yeah. pop ports and, it, and things. And the, you know, the lack of um, background hiss on it was really good. It was like a, It was like a really nice audio coming out of there. And it had this big-ish battery uh, in it and that was very quick to swap. So uh, even though I was working a lot in London at that time and I'd probably tear through a battery in less than a day, uh, they, you quite easily get uh, spare batteries and be able to sort of uh, put a new one in and you're instantly back at 100% and back in business. So whilst most of the world was um, enjoying their iPhones and their Androids hadn't quite made it at that point, but um, certainly iPhones were starting to become prevalent. I was still resolutely in uh, the Symbian world at that point. Yeah, yeah, I, I was, I was in the Symbian world. I, so I, very early days, I was Nokia, and then I moved over to Sony Ericsson. I was probably saying about two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. And I stuck with them. So like I'm loyal to Apple now, I was very loyal to Sony Ericsson. And I used to buy a new Sony Ericsson phone every month for some strange reason. Back when, you know, when they were £300 and they were throwing the feature phones left, right and centre, the Cybershop yeah, brands. Yeah, I had the um, the Walkman one and the yeah. K750. and the I've got them all upstairs as well. Eight, ten, yeah, I think I've seen pictures of your uh, yeah. museum. It's quite <laughs> impressive. Yeah, um, I think 2009 I had the C905. Do you remember that? I think that was it. Was it was a slider from Sony Ericsson, and it, oh yeah, yeah, very nice that one. Yeah, and I think it was five. Was is it five megapixel or three megapixel? Uh, it says here eight megapixel. Really? That's yeah. why. Yeah. So eight megapixel. Crikey, I'm doing it a disservice. So I, I had that for about a year, and um, I was just looking through some of my other my pictures. On my of me on my phone now back in two thousand and nine, 
and um, I think I saw I had an E63, uh, so that was sort of like the poorer sibling to the E71 and the E62. Uh, so E71 and E72, so I had the E63. I had an okay, E71 yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, that was a nice one, yeah. It was, uh, the only problem I had with the E71 was because it actually felt a little bit nicer in the hand than the 72, yeah. but it had um, a 2.5mm headphone jack, which was um, annoying. Yeah. I had the BlackBerry Curve, the 8520. Yeah, I had some of those BlackBerry Curves through work. Yeah. Um, I would never buy one personally, but for work, I thought they were fine. Oh, I, d- I dabbled. It was all about the BlackBerry Pin, if you remember at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was I was in my early 20s, I think, mid-20s. I think, I think we had stories in an early tech box of your um, BlackBerry Pin um, shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. Yep, so it was BlackBerry pin shenanigans. I had I had a bold. I think I went through, uh, like I said, but the C905 was sort of my main mainstayer. And then from there, I sort of jumped to the 3GS. Um, sort of, I think the 3G came out in 2010 and then back the back end of 2011, the 3GS was about. So I was I was in a transition at the time, whereas previously I'd all been Sony Ericsson. Yeah, up, in, up into that point. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's amazing to think how much change was going on at that point, wasn't it? Oh, because yeah, massively. We were going from, we'd gone from sort of feature phones into these early Symbian phones. Yeah, UIQ as well. I used the, the P9 series, P800. Oh, yeah. Those were around quite a long time beforehand, weren't yeah, they? Yeah. And, um, and then we were going into like the early generations of iPhone and then Android and stuff moved so quickly at that point. Don't forget the walled garden of three, the, the big NEC handsets we used to get when three first launched. Yeah, I never went in for those. Those oh, always I... seem to be um, problematic regarding um, battery life. And I still regarded size and form factor as like a real primary driver. So it took me ages to get into even Symbian smartphones because they were too big yeah and i just kept with the feature phones because they they had your mp3 player they had decent cameras on them and they fitted in your pocket yeah there was a lot of transition wasn't there because it, it was wap to gprs to 3g yeah um then do you remember the nokia so this is this is one of my best ever finds this i really i'm really pleased with this have a look i think it's the nokia 7600 okay have a google on that do you, do you remember that form factor? It's like a diamond shape. Yes, uh, like a teardrop almost. Yeah, well, this was this was the best deal going this, right? So when 3 first launched, this was a, they had this as a 3 exclusive, but they were selling it, like I think it was like 49.99 in the car phone warehouse. And, and this was a really good phone at the time. It was one of the first... It's a lot of phone for your buck, isn't it? Yeah, but what they failed to realise is it was so easy to unlock... So easy to unlock by going online. So you buy it on pay as you go for fifty pounds with three. Obviously, you're stuck in their walled garden, but it's one of the first three G phones, and you could just simply put a code into it and have it unlocked. and And I and I loved this for for fifty pounds. I was loving this. It was one of the best deals going back then. Ah, the good old days. Yeah, I th- don't think I would have done that just because of the unwieldiness and even though it doesn't look that big oh it was, um, it was awkward it was awkward. yeah it doesn't look like the sort of thing that's going to slip easily into your uh, jean pocket or no, not. but like as you said it was a lot of a lot of phone for your money really in the feature phone world yeah uh, especially in 2003 because it was basically like a nokia 6230i yeah but in a funky form factor yeah yeah so uh and, and everyone loved them everyone loved those 6230s didn't they and then they brought out the i version with the megapixel yeah. camera on 
Yeah, yeah. Now, I loved that um, 6230. I never got too much into the eye, but that 6230, I thought, was the perfect size. Like, very... It was like a Milky Way yeah. sort of size rather than um, Mars bar size. It spread like wildfire. I think I was... Yeah. I was working in like a call center office environment at the time. Again, I was early 22, 23, something like that. Everyone got them, literally. Everyone got the 7210, and then this quickly got upgraded to 6230. Everyone had them. Good times. Those those were good times. I remember getting my uh, one gigabyte uh, MMC card, loading it up with MP3s and putting it on that 6230 and getting my pop port adapted headphones and... (laughs) listening happily and uh yeah everything was working fine at that point yeah see and 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 that maybe leads us on to why i was saying our hopes and dreams for 2020 um i i dream of a day like this again maybe i'm just reminiscing it but i was so excited back then things were changing uh you know we were getting the full internet on handsets going from the wap gprs days to full 3g yeah forums on your phone and oh I just fear we've, we're not going to be ever anything like that again. Well, there's something, something's changed, and then some things kind of haven't changed. So I know that the hand, the mobile handsets have come a long way, and the mobile OSs have come a long way. But I was looking back, and tech-wise, no, some stuff just hasn't changed. So if we think about where we were in 2010, we were still very much watching blu-rays and and i think i'm still watching blu-rays these days mm. uh i was streaming um love film uh, had yes. a streaming service in 2010 became netflix um, didn't it that then well it became amazon uh the thing is amazon had been going 10 years even in 2010 yeah for books wasn't it everyone, everyone... yeah they started well they relatively quickly started introducing electronics and dvds and cds and all the rest of it i mean the first purchase I made from Amazon was in 2001, and it was a Groove Armada CD. Ooh. And it was very interesting. Between 2001 and 2008, have a guess what my average number of orders per year was. Okay, so I'm going to play it safe. Early days, I don't think you'd have been as regular as one a week. I think that's too safe. Okay. So, so if we say one a month for the first... Three years, maybe till 2004, so 12, 24, 36, there's my maths. Uh, then one a week, I would say, for the next four years average, so what, 52, uh, 104, 208? So it was under four orders a year oh, right. from 2001 to 2008, and it was basically CD, CDs, DVDs, and that's pretty much it. So now, have a guess... Between the years 2010, turn of our decade, to today, 2019, on average, how many orders a year? Well, I was hideously wrong before, but I'm reckoning you've upped your game. Prime came out. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say orders a year. I'm gonna go with a hundred a year. Yeah, so 120, over 120. Yeah, not, not bad, not bad. A year, crikey. So it's a couple of week, which is probably sounds. About right, I think, to me anyway. Um, there's lots of it, it, there's lots of things that are sort of uh, adding into that. Lots of factors involved there. I think you're right that um, Amazon are selling a, a wider variety of uh, goods, and I don't know. I think maybe there's a little bit less friction in ordering it. You're, it's a bit more trustworthy. A bit more. You're a bit more used to it. You know, and it, 
now you're th I'm thinking, oh, you know, maybe I'll get this, uh, you know, packet of sweets on Amazon and, you know, get that delivered rather than, oh, you know, there's a cheap CD that I want to get or a cheap DVD. You know, I'll make a special order kind of thing. Do you get same day delivery there? Now, this is an interesting one. Same day delivery came in very early for me. Uh, I think it must, Reading must have been one of the first places. And yeah. then it stopped being available. Hmm. Now it's available again, but on very, very few items. Because I, um, I think it was it was last week. What day was Christmas Wednesday? So it was the Monday. The Monday afternoon, I needed a new, you know, the water bladders. I've got a running sort of, sort of uh, backpack slash running belt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has a water bladder in it with... Uh, with a tube that you could basically suck water through from your back. And I, want, I needed a new one of them. And I think I saw one on Amazon. It was, it's only one and a half litre one, so it was just awkward. But it was like five ninety nine, And it gave me, it was, what, two o'clock in the afternoon? It gave me same day delivery. And it oh, came wow. at six o'clock for, for five ninety nine. Yeah, that is crazy, isn't it? It's almost not worth it for them. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that cup, I ordered something the other day and it was, um, I think, again, it was only like five quid and it got delivered and you think, God, you know, I know, I suppose that Amazon delivery guy is probably delivering to most of my neighbours, but it does seem kind of strange to be buying something and it being delivered in inverted commas for free. I like it as well, but it's very hit and miss what they offer same day delivery on. Yeah, yeah. Why do they do it on a water bladder at five ninety nine? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? For me, it tends to be more of the things that you would expect, like um, the Amazon's own brand stuff and stuff that you would imagine is to hand in every single warehouse across the country. So it kind of, when you see an item, it kind of makes sense. But yeah, a water bladder for a, <laughs> a running belt, it does seem a little bit yeah. unique, but maybe it was just at your nearby uh, warehouse. I mean, it's got to be, isn't it? It's got they've got to know the stock level in every single warehouse, geographically to your location and yeah. the likelihood. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's crazy, isn't it, when you think about it? Because so you type something in, obviously it'll give results and it'll say, right, if he orders that, it's going to dispatch from here, and we've got X amount in, and we could do that same day because it's down the road. Yeah, it's good. I I honestly think that um, online shopping, even though my use of it has increased dramatically i don't think the nature of it is necessarily changed that much this decade versus last decade i'm sure it's much more popular more people are getting in on it you've got we have had some innovation on the same day delivery space especially with people like argos really getting yeah. in on it but um I do kind of think that these main websites, that these are main American big websites that we've been familiar with this decade, you know, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Amazon, you know, they had kind of been fairly well established by the time we went into 2010. Well, one one thing that is a, a new invention in, in 2010 is uh, the tablet. You know, the, yeah, the iPad. before the, the iPad launched in 2010, all of the previous tablets had been very uninspiring and hadn't really made a dent on the market. And these days, that's a firmly established category, isn't it? Yeah, my relationship with the with the iPad is uh, one of lust, but not practicality. <laughs> I've had so many. I, I must go through an iPad a year, and I'll say to them, the wife will go, 
you're going to get rid of it. And I'll go, no, this time I'm definitely going to use it. It's going to, it's going to enable me to sit on the sofa and I'll get the keyboard and it could sort of try and replace my main laptop. And, you know, I don't really do anything massively on my main laptop. So, I mean, I don't know what it's going to replace it with. So I, I've had a bit of a, I lust after the iPad and I want to own an iPad and really hammer it. But I always find it just gets sort of sidelined. No, my, my iPad has genuinely become my main laptop. So mm. I think um, just coming into uh, this decade, uh, I was on the uh, Samsung netbook, uh, NC10. What was the first iPad you had? The first iPad I had, I think, was my Air 2. Ooh, late to the game. Well, I was late to the game with a lot of this Apple kit, you know, mm. um, for reasons, uh, as we sort of discussed earlier, in terms of... Um, price and you know i'd always just go for a cheaper pc or a cheaper android alternative so i had all those nexus sevens you know i had those i'm yeah. very happy with them but you know at that point i didn't want to splash for the premium option of getting an ipad so my first one was so i was offered by my friend the original ipad um, when the ipad 2 came out but i turned him down i think it was the screen that i and i'd I'd heard that obviously the iPad 2 was an infinitely better screen. And my girlfriend, so now wife, she bought me the iPad 2. So I was in there sort of right at day one. I loved that iPad 2. Yeah, that iPad 2 is a lovely device. The screen, I thought, was pretty good. I mean, it's blocky and wasn't retina, but nice and clear. And it had plenty of, it had power enough to throw graphics around on that blocky screen. Yeah, I, I I had a white one as well. For some strange reason, back then I always went white because we were just coming off the back of the iPod area and I, I sort of said, I always said, anything Apple needs to be white. Oh, okay, yeah, I get the logic there, yeah. Yep, so I got the iPhone 4S in white, I got the iPad in white. I mean, I wouldn't touch a white phone now because <laughs> I don't like the white bezels. Um, but back then, for some strange reason, it, because it was Apple and Apple were known for the white iPod. Yeah. Um, that was that was me. Now I can I can forgive white uh, bezels now, so I quite like the white phone. Mm. I've been converted. I never used to, but yeah, good old days, eh? Um, so let's move on to uh, my eBay challenge. Okay. So this is the Price Is Right. Okay. I'm going to give you a product. Right. Uh, I like the sound of this. And then you tell me whether the next product is sold for higher or lower so i sold basically all of my excess tech this year okay uh, and most of it just recently as well so all these prices are uh, prices of things that i sold fairly recently on ebay okay then we're gonna start with the xiaomi a3 oh very niche very the niche Mi a3 so uh, obviously you can get it pretty cheap if you import it mm -hmm. um, but as it's the first one have a little bit of a think about what I managed to sell that for. It was pretty mint condition and it was the 64 gig one. Okay, I'm going to say, I might be off the bat, but I'm going to go low. I'm going to say £120. £120, not bad, but I sold that for 145 So I'm not far off though. I'm not, not far, far off. off, but that price is essentially what you could buy it as new. So mint in this instance uh, was pretty mint. Yeah, there was absolutely no marks on it at all. 
I'm going to say if I, I'm going to say that's a win for me because I'm within what twenty pounds, twenty five okay, quid. Well, okay, so when we go higher or lower, what I've done is I've I've chosen amounts that are that are at least twenty pound difference to make okay. it, so it's not uh, too difficult. So the next one is a uh, LG G6. Oh, now oh. this is the dual SIM quad DAC version. Um, so pretty good. Um, again, in pretty much mint condition. So I sold one of these. I know how much I got for it, but I sold mine a year or so ago. Okay. Um, okay, do you want a price or do you want higher or higher lower? Higher or lower than 145. Oh, higher. Higher? It was actually lower. Oh. Uh, 125. I thought that was pretty good to even get that, to be honest. I See, I the reason I said that is because I think I sold mine for 185. But again, yeah. we're going back a, a year Yeah, when you said that you sold yours, I thought, okay, that might colour it slightly interestingly. Mm. Okay. Uh, the next one off the bat, so we're at um, one two five. The next one coming up is the Xiaomi again, the Xiaomi Mi Max three oh, sixty four okay. gig. I'm, I'm going to definitely go higher. Okay, you're going to go higher. You're correct to go higher, although not much. That mm-hmm. went for one fifty. Okay. Uh, okay. 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 So I'm waiting for the big superstar one here. Okay, we're going into Apple territory here. Okay. iPhone six. Oh, sixty four gig. Sc- Mint. I've been scouring the internet for these, and um, the 6S is still commanding quite a hefty price tag. Yeah. So, so what are we saying? 64 gig. Did they did they release that in a 32 gig version? Yeah, I assume it was 16, at least oh, 16, right. 30, oh, yeah, 64. Yeah. Back maybe? then they did 16. So, so this, we're talking top end, okay? High, and what are we saying? Higher than one, one, higher or lower than one fifty. 150, hello. And you said there's, what, £20 difference. I'm going to say higher. People go crazy over Apple stuff. Wrong. So, interestingly, uh, it went less. It went for 129 Ooh. So, goodbye for someone, I think. It, it was, because, as, as I said, I've been looking at these 6Ss, and you're looking around, what, 170 180 near yeah. the 200 mark for a 6S, which I think is crazy. The 6 had the accolade of being the thinnest iPhone ever made as well. So it was the quite bendest, a dainty yeah. little device. Uh, next up, Apple again, uh, iPad Mini 4. I'm not doing well on this. 16 gig, gold. Okay. Higher or lower than what? One, two, nine. Oh, easily higher. Correct. Yes. One, six, four. Ooh, again, not a bad bargain for someone. Yeah, not it's pretty good, bargain. isn't it? It's like the power of... Uh, it's a bit slightly less power than an iPad Air 2, but still pretty pretty good. Is this on eBay, is it? That was eBay, yeah. Oh, I tell you what, why aren't I following you on eBay? I know, you should be in there to snipe up some bargains. Okay, next one, Pixel 1. Oh, okay. Right, 32 so gig. There's one mint. on PSC forums at the moment, a Pixel okay. 2 for £120. Uh, what were we saying? Higher or lower than one? What did we say for the last one? 150? 164. 164, lower, Correct. easily lower. Yeah, yeah, 114, mm, 114. That, 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 well, 120 is a bargain then, isn't it, for the Pixel 2? Yeah, not bad, yeah, not bad, yeah. Okay, next one is a Series 1 watch. Oh. 114, higher or lower? Uh, higher. Interestingly, a lot lower, 69. Oh, really, that's a bargain. I know. Next one is a Blu-ray player. So this is a oh, Ultra I, HD Blu-ray player. I was going to say out of my area of expertise, but clearly phones. <laughs> okay, so Blu-ray player, Ultra HD Blu-ray player, 69 higher or lower? 
69 is low, but then again, Blu-ray players are 10 and penny. I'm going to say lower. It was higher. 125. Oh, come on, Dave. Come one, on. 125, yeah. Okay. Next one is uh, back onto familiar territory. Uh, iPad Air 2. Well, you'd, you'd think familiar territory, but... That was iPad a 64, Air 2. 64 gig cellular. So it's the last one. It still supports iOS yeah. 13. It's the yeah, only yeah, one. still but, supported. But do normal people know this? This is the question. Probably not, to be honest. No, they probably don't. Uh, I'm going to say higher. Correct. That yeah. went for 199. Oh, that's a bit better. That's a yeah. bit better for you. For you, I mean, uh, not for the person buying it, but certainly for the seller, that that was a better price. Okay, now we get into the to the good stuff. Okay. The LG G8. This was mm. a US imported Sprint model. Probably means uh, it just widens your audience but or potential loss as you ship overseas. Um, Sprint model. Higher or lower than 199 G8. Totally unfamiliar with LGs. I'm going to say lower. That was higher, 249. But that's this year's that's this year's flagship. They get getting a, a Snapdragon 855, 6 gigs of RAM, 128 gig of storage, you know, uh, quad DAC, you know. Lovely. Why did I think they were on the G9? Are they even going to make a G9? I hope so. I hope so. We'll know soon enough because it's, uh, it's nearly CES, isn't it? I think I had G, uh, the, the only LGs I... So I had the G6... I had the G2 and I had the G5. Oh, oh, no, sorry, I didn't have the G5. I had the G2 and the G3 and I bowed out then until oh, the okay. G6. Well, they, as I've always said, make very underrated devices, the LGs. So the, the next G2 one is, was nice. Yeah, absolutely. People always say that they loved the um, Nexus 5, but in my mm. opinion, the G2 was better in every respect. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Me and my mate went out and got one on exactly the same day, on, and it was a lovely design. It looked lovely in black. It was a lovely phone. Yeah, agreed. So next up, the LG V40. No, my LG knowledge is poor. So this is the latest-ish 2018 phablet. I'm going to say... And also, for complication, it's the it was the Indian skew. Oh, God. Uh, higher or lower? I'm going to go higher. It was higher. 350. Ooh, 350? I know. Oh. I thought that was a good sale, to be honest. Yeah. And did he pay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... Um, <laughs> that's not too much different to how much it cost me new, to be honest. They're cheap, aren't they, LGs? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I like them. Okay. And we end with a classic. The most recent sale, the iPhone X... Oh, I think I yeah I, I I'm gonna I, I I sort of inside baseball on this from the back channel. But I was gonna say I probably blurted it out the other day. I'm gonna say higher. That was higher. Four twenty. Yes. Oh, but I think that that is only four twenty because if you think about it, it's only two years ago that that was you know eleven hundred quid. So I'll tell you what they're going for now because, like I said, I've been looking on Music Magpie uh, of various things. So the iPhone ten, the iPhone X at the moment. Uh, refurbished pristine condition for a 256 gig one. Is that what you sold? Yeah, that was 256, yeah. 619.99. Okay, but you get the backing of getting that from a shop. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But what I'm saying is they're still commanding a high price. Yeah, that's more, that's, that's kind of what I would have probably hoped I would be selling it for two years ago when I got it originally. Yeah, yeah. It's taken a battering that, that I'm not saying yours has taken a battering, but what I mean is, the iPhone 10 or the iPhone X, it's yeah. it's been superseded what by the 10R, the 10S, the 10S Max, 
now on the 11th. So there's been a lot of models. So it's only two years old, is it? Is it only yeah. two years old? But there's been, what, one, two, three, probably about four or five models of iPhones well, since. I would say that it's only been superseded by two, only been superseded by the XS and then the 11 Pro recently. But in the eyes of the normal consumer... Maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe there's some confusion there, yeah. The the 8, the 10R come and go, the 11, the 11 Pro, the 10S, the 11 normal, the, do you know what I mean? There's been all these iPhones yeah. in such a short space of time, you sort of lose your barometer for where the iPhone 10 sits. But I think compared to buying a brand new uh, 11 Pro, you're, only, you're really only talking about a better camera. Oh yeah, I it, I liked it. It was a nice device. It's a nice size, and it 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 felt nice in the hand. Yeah, and this one had has the benefit of it is a a little bit lighter, a little bit thinner. Obviously, had a slightly less battery life. Um, yeah. Still, perfectly perfectly fine battery life, but it, you can tell that it's just a tiny little bit daintier. Um, yeah, had a perfect screen, brand new battery. I think someone's got a good bargain there. So I'm just looking now. You can still buy the 10R and still buy the 8. I tell you, that 8 as well is an underestimated phone. Yeah. I, I had an 8 and I loved it. I really, really liked it. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about that is that's the rumoured iPhone SE format, isn't it? That they'll go back to uh, essentially a iPhone 8, probably put in uh, a couple of years later silicon and then sell it as a SE2 not sure what they're going to do with the cameras. It'd be good to see a, a dual camera, at least, on it. Do you know what? The, the wife is on an iPhone 7, and she really needs an up, update. And I was thinking 10R and, uh, or a 10, but I'd love to give her an 8. She probably wouldn't thank me, though, because it's exactly the same form factor. <laughs> but, okay, anyway, total side thought there. I'm just yeah. lusting after an 8 now. No, it's definitely a great phone. Definitely a great mm, phone. Lovely phone. Okay, so we're heading now into 2020 and uh the next decade so uh we've seen what the last decade has brought us tech wise so what are you looking forward to in the next decade i'm hoping so uh, i'm hoping that computing sort of apple computing is a bit cheaper um i don't think they need the premium i'm so in my head i'm hoping apple take a little bit of a brand hit yeah i was gonna say the only way that's gonna happen is if they suffer quite badly and yeah. start chasing sales. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would like maybe 250 300 pounds cheaper, I think. And you know what I mean, make it a little bit more affordable. Yeah. Uh, certainly on the Mac side of things, but um phone-wise, I'm I'm more than happy. I say this every year, I'm more than happy with the phone I've got. This could last me 2 years, but I upgrade anyway, but I upgrade because it's a treat. I, I, I like to have the latest iPhone or one of the latest iPhones. Um, but I think we were discussing this and I think they've pretty much, you know, we, we've nailed it in terms of phones. I like the idea of a foldable phone. Um, maybe if Apple could do something around that. I like the idea of just having maybe a pane of glass or a foldable pane of glass that connects to... So you sort of, in your pocket, you've got maybe... A small little computer and you can choose what interface you can put glasses on and it connects to it okay a, a bit like the whole dext thing do you know what i mean where you you suddenly plug your phone in and it becomes a laptop but i want a sort of a, a mini computer that 
I can project onto the TV at home, the TV, that becomes my computer, or I can pick up a, a, a sort of really thin iPhone-esque device, and then that becomes my phone. Uh, again, I put on a set of glasses, and I'm suddenly there with it. It's like, I don't know, like a supercomputer in my pocket, but I interface with it through many outlets, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting. That is kind of an idea that was floating around kind of 10 years ago, that you'd have this personal area network around yeah. you and you'd have various different devices on that and you know you might have one hot you know heavy duty uh processing unit and you know lots of different accessories that uh, do specialist things hanging off so yeah that would be quite interesting like iron man and jarvis well i guess that should be your next decades tech purchase definitely the full-on iron man suit yeah no i i would definitely like that and um I would like Apple to venture into VR, usable VR that's actually worthwhile. Yeah, that would be good. I'd, I'd, I'd love that. Yeah. You know, think of the... Okay, I'm thinking, I can't... I don't... I can't conceive what possible uses we'll have for it because we don't have it yet. But if we go, you know, for example, we, we put our phone in a holster and we follow the sat-nav or we look on a screen. If you put a pair of glasses on, it just superimposes more augmented reality, really. Um, yeah. oh, I'm kind. I'm kind of see. I'm not bothered about augmented reality. I'm more worried about virtual reality. I.e., I want to be taken away to a different world. I want to play computer games. I want to, you know, interact with my friends in a completely, you know, alien world. Makes it sound wrong, but you know, a completely different world. That's the kind of effect that I want. I'm not really bothered about seeing my existing world. Uh, Overlaying, but just have yeah. it kind of um, enhanced with little pop-ups and stuff. That is less exciting for me. Can, I mean, can, it, I was, I was going to say, can you imagine our Telegram group if it was like, uh, you know, we all put on a little VR set of glasses and instead of chatting, we were just transported to a room where we could, you know, who's who's propping, you know, like a, a room in a pub or something like that. And, yeah, and, you see, I think that would be cool. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. No, no more messages flying where you had Richard propping up the bar chatting yeah yeah you know so you know it'd be good I, I i would just like look forward to the games as well so i really like you know the reason why i like watching films the reason why i like playing games is that it sort of immerses you in a different world for a couple of hours and having that exacerbated by it being vr i think would be a really good idea and to be honest i mean vr probably is good enough now to actually get some really good experiences out of yeah. but it's just a, a slight faff to get a um, a whole VR headset and plug it into like a top end gaming machine, which I don't have, you know. So I don't know. I'd want it, I'd want the experience to be you know next level, and I'd want it to be slightly easier to get in and out of. Ideally, it's the tracking element, isn't it? You know, you you have to track your hands and all that sort of jazz. Because I think we, I, I was watching some stuff on YouTube from like, I think it was the early 90s. And we, we had huge VR headsets there. Granted, the graphics behind them was like an Amiga graphics. Um, yeah. But it's, it's always been the tracking and it's still the tracking now, isn't it? Can you imagine putting on just a thin pair of VR glasses and... It automatically picks your hands up, and you you don't have to wear, you know, tethered. And I I think we're probably twenty years off that. To be so fair. I, I well I did some VR gaming in Wembley recently, and the format of that is you wear a backpack that's got your little PC on. It's like a little um, mini PC 
strapped to your back. And then you have your VR headset, your gun, um, and that works pretty well. And then basically you're running around uh, team against team in a what is basically the size of an indoor tennis court, if not smaller. Um, it's amazing how much room you feel like you've got when mm. you're in the VR compared to how big the physical room was. And there was like eight of us playing 4v4. And it was really involving, really engaging. It was it was really great. And and the the um the tracking on it, like the lag on the headset was absolutely fine. The only problem that I had with it was because it was a physical game and you're physically running around, my face got a little bit sweaty and the sweatiness ended up steaming up the goggles. Yeah. yeah. But that I, was I've the only that. problem. I, uh, the the only VR that I've used is the Samsung VRs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, do you know what? I was really impressed with them. I I, I'm, I'm always impressed. I haven't tried anything different. I haven't tried the PlayStation VR or anything like that. But for me, I really liked um, the... It was just like watching YouTube. I was sort of sat there with this VR headset on, yet I had a 15-inch screen in front of me watching YouTube. Uh, I really like that. But again, they steamed up all the time, didn't they? So... Um and they've not really taken off, have they? No, I don't know Those, why. Those uh, Samsung headsets. They used to be a Samsung VR headset for every Samsung flagship, didn't they? Yes, they, you know, they bundled it, they gave it away, didn't they? I think that's... When did that stop? S8? S9 time? It certainly yeah, when the S7 right, came out. That was then, when they were pushing it. Yeah. Mm, really odd. I could reminisce all night, James. I could reminisce should all I t- night. Shall I tell you what the uh, one thing that I'm looking forward to next decade which is obviously here for people who can afford it Mm. at the moment and that's an electric car yeah so i love the idea of having all of the power and performance of an electric car you know uh ideally getting its electricity from renewable sources so that had less of an impact on the planet um so that's one thing that i think is probably a reasonable prediction that in the next decade where a lot more of us are going to be get access to these electric cars when they were saying so the government saying what 2025 i've heard that figure banded around was that aspirational 2040 they're gonna is it 2040 they're gonna stop doing fossil fueled cars or something how, how does that work for people because you're always going to have the element of people who buy used cars because they're cheaper yeah i can't remember exactly what it is i can't remember maybe it was maybe that was producing new ones or yeah. maybe it was some sort of ch- reducing the number of new ones or something i can't quite remember what the deal was well i guess the other thing that we'll be getting into next decade is uh, 5g yes hopefully it'll be prolific by the end of the decade and working a little bit better than yeah. it is now. I think um, we need it to be uh, available everywhere and properly plumbed in everywhere. So, you know, we get our true two gig up and down. Yeah, yeah. And Richard will finally be happy and his little red light on the back of his 5G phone will light like a beacon. Yeah, he'll be able to uh, use his, was it S10 5G or something like that? It'll finally, finally come into being useful. <laughs> we'll see. So, anything else we're looking forward to in the next decade? For me, any further advancements in sort of health tech. So, the Apple Watch has been big for me this last decade. Yes, yeah, it's a good one, yeah. It'd be nice to see how we advance it. And not so much the form factor, but sort of the tracking features of what can we monitor next and and all that and the data data collection you know data collection in terms of not for advertising or things like that but for how i can monitor my metrics and 
help myself improve and things like that. Yeah. No, I think I think that's a good one. There's there's plenty of room for innovation left there, especially as you say in terms of being a little bit more proactive in how it uh, helps you. Yeah. I know that um, it was a big fad coming into this decade that there was going to be lots of sort of voice services and artificial intelligence mm-hmm. that was going to proactively uh, help you. We had uh, Google Now and things like that, didn't we? Yeah. But um, I actually think there's, I think you're right. I think there's a much better call for it with regards to health stuff. It'd be really cool if it prompted you and said, you know, I've noticed that you're doing this and that's not particularly a good thing to do. And, you'd be this much better off if you did that. I think that would be cool. Yeah, it used to be banded, didn't they? Everyone used to air quote, you know, wearables. I think we're sort of past the wearables now and it's more, it had to find its niche, didn't it? Yeah. Do you remember when the Apple Watch first released and you could send those little hearts to people? Yes, that didn't uh, (laughs) become a major feature. No, it quickly got a ban. Send people a little touch or a little, I remember... Send uh, someone a forced touch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much sending my heart. I think I did that for a few times to a few, a few people. Not not my wife neither, because funnily enough, she wasn't quite keen on testing that sort of geekery. But within our circle, so you were sending your mates little heartbeats. Yeah, I think I even sent That's Nick. So sweet. I had Nick Robinson uh, as one of my contacts on the Apple Watch, and I think he, I'd send them backwards and forwards to him just as a proof of concept. <laughs> just because you were the only two people that actually had Apple Watches at that point. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So yeah, I, I like the way so. That's become more of a thing, hasn't it? It's more got a bit more direction, and they can keep building on that. And and any sort of tech, really, it doesn't have to be a, a watch. You know, any more health monitoring tech, it'd be it'd be good to see. I mean, everyone wears a Garmin now, don't they? They never used to before. Yeah, a good proportion. I'd I'd say uh, a high proportion of people are wearing uh, these uh, health watches and Apple watches and things, Fitbits, all all sorts. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're certainly a healthier society, I think, going at the end of the decade than we were, certainly, at the beginning. Maybe we've got more health knowledge. I'm not sure that yes. we're, yeah. we've executed our healthiness. Maybe that's for the next decade. Yeah, no, no, I agree. We, we've, got, we've got the information. What, what we choose then to do with it is still up to the individual, isn't it? Absolutely. Okay. Well, I think that that's... Uh, about an hour's worth of... Uh, reminiscing. <laughs> reminiscing, absolutely, yeah. Um, we wish everyone a happy new year going into 2020. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Happy 2020 and happy 2020 to you. Yeah, I, I and, and yourself, James. Cheers, Dave. Cheers, James, and cheers, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.